Thank you for joining us for this episode of Corkscrews and Contracts. I'm Wyatt Wallace. And I'm Jennifer Hamrick. And we've got an episode that's super exciting today. Uh, but first, Jennifer, what are we sipping on? We are drinking on Black Oak. It is a Pinot Noir. And it is straight out of Italy. Straight out of Italy. <laughs> Let's do this. Yes. Delicious and reasonably priced. Yeah. <laughs> I like the reasonably priced. Hmm. Great date night wine. Oh, yes. Well said. Well said. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, it is. So, uh, for this episode, we thought we'd bring it back a little bit because um, part of being in real estate, you love houses, uh, clearly. <laughs> uh, unless you love, you know, people too, and that's a lot of it too. But uh, we love talking about the quirks and the things that are different about houses that uh, you get to see now, especially being a rehabber. Um, you get to see what was hot and trendy at the time and is no longer so. I would like to add that we love houses so much. When we went to the Biltmore house, like people normally get through it in like an hour, maybe two. We were there over four. I was like, oh, this will be quick. This will be a quick stop, you know, on our way to, to see family. Yeah. No. We could have stayed in there way longer, but they started closing the doors. But that just goes back to this a beautiful older home, mm -hmm. and we just loved seeing the architecture and different things that you oh, don't see today. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. The mm -hmm. detail, uh, the size of that mm -hmm. place. The dining hall had like four fireplace widths. Mm -hmm. The fireplace was insane. Well, and I, I should add that that wasn't even my first time going. I grew up going. And I still stayed in there <laughs> that long. Yeah. Wow. So, I know growing up, Wyatt, you uh, lived in a lot of different houses. I did. I did. My family as uh, educators, mm -hmm. um, you know, going from one university to the next or one school system to the next, uh, uh, on our way up uh, in administrative staff. Um we lived in quite a few places, uh, something like 16 houses. I went ahead and counted that back up. Wow. Yeah, which I hadn't thought too much about until, you know, you don't relate it to what your end profession is. And the fact that, yeah, <laughs> I've, been, I've lived in a lot of houses, a lot. And, uh, and that's really cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. so my perspective is different from someone who, who didn't live in as many houses. And I grew up in one home. One so, yeah, it does give, I wouldn't have known what to think, you know, living in all those different houses. So, but you saw a lot of, uh, I think you lived in older homes. You saw a variety growing up of different homes. Right. That, variety of styles, mm -hmm. uh, one bedroom, or one, one floor, two floor, three floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we lived in uh, uh, brick, uh, frame homes, uh, uh, gosh just all over all kinds of different in different areas i've lived in florida and uh los angeles uh texas los uh illinois new york so so yeah and of course tennessee and the different um well the different construction styles are pretty well they're all over the place so yeah yeah one uh, one doing some research for today one house 
that, and this is this is blowing my mind. Okay, so um, for most of my life, I've been proud to say, it. have you heard of the Sears Roebuck Company? Yes, they used to send out a, a huge catalog. Huge catalog. So those of you who don't know Sears, I mean Sears is still around, but they're real small now. They they were like <laughs> the Amazon of their time. Uh, you could get anything from the Sears Roebuck catalog, and the most amazing thing, growing up, I found out that one of the houses I lived in for about a year and a half uh, was a Sears house. Uh, and it was purchased through the magazine. Yeah. So how does that work? Okay, cool. So <laughs> I discovered that there is a there was a video clip put together by one of the local television stations out of St. Louis. Uh, and it was called Standard Edition was the name of the neighborhood. We're going to play a little of that audio now. And uh, it's just audio from the from the news story that was run on it. And we'll also put a link to the video on the website so you guys can see exactly what we're talking about. Because I enjoyed living in it. Uh, and, um, and you can hear some more about it. So enjoy this. In the early 1900s, it was a radical idea. Send several thousand dollars to Sears Roebuck and wait for a train to deliver your new house. 12,000 pieces to be assembled. Five on Your Side's Art Holiday visited Carlinville, Illinois, where more than 150 Sears houses attract worldwide attention. It's clean, it's got a good school system, it's nice, comfortable little town to live in. Retired teachers Ben and Mary Strode paid $6,500 for their house in 1962. Mary and I just finished our 63rd wedding anniversary yesterday. Come here, Lily. Lily, come here. Like many of their neighbors, the Strodes take pride in their Sears home and its connection to Carlinville history. These are all Sears houses here, and the next block is all Sears houses. So there's actually nine Sears houses on this side of the block. Wow. 12,000 pieces. That's a heck of a puzzle to put together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, another thing. Uh, not everybody thinks about the way that houses were heated back in the day, right? So uh, most people think, know about fireplaces, but did you know that at one point coal was a main way to heat houses with a furnace in the basement? I did know that. Okay. You want to know how I knew that? How did you know that? Because <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt owns a building with a coal shoot at the bottom i sure do in a creepy basement <laughs> it is a creepy basement it reminds me of um uh, home alone where he goes in the basement <laughs> yes. and the, the furnace is mad at him <laughs> yes i guess i probably knew it from home alone first sure. right yeah <laughs> now we've since replaced the furnace we don't use coal anymore but the chute is still there like the grate that you can lift up right at the street's edge and pour coal down into it. And then there's a, a hopper inside and it grinds up the coal. Yeah. yeah. And then you can shovel it into the furnace. It's all still there. It's all still there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, people have boilers up north too. Mm-hmm. An amazing thing. Like when you get north of like Minnesota and uh, the Dakotas and then into Canada, there are places where you just, the boiler stays on most of the winter. You know, you don't turn it off because it's too yeah. hard to get it going again. The house will freeze. Yeah, not living that life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, cold is not my thing. Like, it's not your thing. You know. <laughs> 
This is the highest on the map I have lived. Not visited, but lived. <laughs> and I am so okay with that. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of that, speaking of boilers, uh, when we were central Illinois, so this is Carlinville, mm-hmm. we had uh, radiators in, in all the rooms in school. And we did a project where we were making bread in class. And in order really? To, yeah, yeah, making bread in class. And the, we, you know, rolled it, and then you have to let it rise, right? So we covered it over and then set it on the radiator. And it was a nice, warm, not super dry environment for the, for the bread to do its thing. How did your bread turn out? Oh, it was great. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> it was edible? It was edible. <laughs> it was not rock hard. You know, making bread from scratch is not easy. No. Hmm. Mine, mine turn out like bricks when I make bread, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's why whenever I bring bread to a party, it's definitely crescent rolls and it comes in the can. <laughs> Sounds like little weapons. <laughs> Somebody else figured out how to make it. And then they put it in a box for me. Jennifer, I'm going to let you pronounce this one because I always say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phone niche and you call it a niche a niche. I'm niche. Nouveau niche. Okay, continue. What yeah. is that? So a phone niche is uh, is a place where... <laughs> Good job. Yeah, right? I'm trying. Okay, so <laughs> phones used to be really big, and they used to fit on the wall. So in between the time when they were like a bread box on the wall, and they, they were yeah, wooden... Yeah, the old and, uh, school... I grew up with one of those in my house. We didn't use it. It okay. was strictly for decoration. Right? But I had one in the house. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. In between that and um, and then the ones that were, you know, you could take it down off the wall and you could put your finger in it and turn it. Rotor, manual mm-hmm. dial kind of a thing. I did grow up with one of those. Perfect. And we used it. Ah. Yeah. So that fits inside of the phone niche. Uh, and so... Oh. Builders realized that people wanted somewhere to put that, but they didn't want to have to like move it off the table all the time. So you just put it on the wall. That's like a little box in the wall with like a little shelf. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, a couple of our friends have them in their houses. So. You still see them showing houses nowadays. Yeah, I've I've seen them mm-hmm. out and about. Yeah, it's fl- normally um, uh, flowers in it, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, people put their keys there, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I just didn't know what we called that, but yes. Uh, let's see. In our research here, we also uh, were reminded about ooh servant staircases. <laughs> really? Now this this definitely seems like something uh, something of the American Horror Story <laughs> type, and the photo that we were looking at definitely has that feel. But I have, I kid you not. Uh, okay, so what is a servant staircase? Well, um, <laughs> I think that explains itself. Doesn't oh, it? perfect. Yeah. So it's the place where, so you don't, you know, so like you're, if you're, if you're thinking of the game Clue and you've got all the lovely people, they're well dressed and they're attending a dinner party and then, you know, someone dies or something like that. Well, the servant probably used the back stairs for most of that and the killer. Sure. So keep that in mind. <laughs> keep that in mind. But we have been to a party where there was a, a set of servant stairs. And you didn't, like, I didn't understand it at the time why, but normally if you have a kitchen and there's two sets of stairs to the kitchen, the other one that seems less 
formal is totally the servant stairs. What party was this and why do I not remember it? Right? It was a party in Brentwood. Recently? Uh, yeah, for my birthday last year. Two years ago. I don't know. That's considered? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Because you can come in through the deck. That used to probably have a set of oh. stairs attached to it. And then the, the servant stairs go to the basement where there's another kitchen. Okay. And there's the Murphy's beds on the right and all that stuff. How old is that home? I wouldn't have thought it was... Hey, I, I, I don't think it necessarily has to be super old. Yeah, I would have thought it was probably built in the 70s. Yeah. Huh. Right? I did not put together that's what that was when we were in that house. Yeah. Because it's not like that needs to be um, a place for your car to get in the back to the kitchen. You know, you just go in through the garage, you know? Mm-hmm. But those are definitely servant stairs. See, I, I think in my mind, I see servant stairs being in more of a colonial kind of home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just didn't. Hmm. That's that style home, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a fun one. Tell me. Okay. Okay. Well, um, we all know about the milkman. Yes. Some of our friends claim to not be related to their brothers and sisters appropriately because of the milkman, but that mm-hmm. is that is a story for another day. They don't look alike. They don't. They don't look alike. <laughs> they don't look alike, and it's probably because of the milkman's door. What is a milkman's door? <sighs> okay. All right. Now, perhaps you have been to the front of a house. Like a 1900s house. Now, wait a minute. Okay. Is this the kind of door where like, kind of like the stairs we just talked about, where it's like a back door for the milkman to sneak in and (laughs) see your mom? (laughs) (laughs) Networth Realty of Nashville is growing wealth in Tennessee by providing people across the Nashville metropolitan area with the tools and expertise they need to succeed in the residential real estate market. Their specialists understand the ins and outs of Nashville and are experts at locating undervalued properties in the city's most desirable neighborhoods. That's Networth Realty of Nashville, 615-823-2777. I'm not ruling it out. I mean, <laughs> this door is small. It's too, it's a little small for a human to get through. But it, it's officially the milkman's door, so who knows? Who knows? Uh, so this door is normally located on the side of the house, uh, or, or the front, somewhere near the beginning, because, you know, you don't want to go too far to have to go deliver milk, not to the back of the house or something like that. And the door is just about larger <laughs> than a dog door. Oh, yeah, probably not what my hopes of the door being. You were hoping yeah. for a better way? It's probably not going to work out. <laughs> Doesn't She's going to have to find someone else to talk to. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a milkman can fit through this door. <laughs> so the idea is it's a double door, almost like um, like a, like if you have adjoining rooms in a hotel. So the outside door, uh, the milkman comes, delivers mm-hmm. fresh milk in the mornings, right? Or whenever it gets delivered. Opens the door, <laughs> puts the milk inside between the walls, closes the door. Family comes along, opens the inside door, fresh milk, voila. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think mine was more interesting, but that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That said, I don't know what you'd necessarily do with your milkman door if you still had one. What would you do with it? I think you could open up that space and um, make the door open and make mm-hmm. it a little little doggy room. Little doggy room? Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Underneath the stairs or whatever, people do dog rooms. They do do dog rooms. Yeah, you they... could totally... <laughs> <laughs> They do do they do dog do rooms. Um, so yeah, I think you could open it up and make it a space for your your pet. I concur. That would be cute. Mm-hmm. Also, from Carlinville, uh, we got treated to an evening at the president's house at Blackburn University. And I thought it was so cool because... Mm-hmm. You know what? Scratch that. It was at Southern Illinois University. <laughs> one of those schools at one of those one places of those you live. Places <laughs> at the president's house that is the official president's house. You know, like each new president kind of, you know, they decide whether or not they want to live there. So it's like the White House. It's like the White House. Gotcha. Yeah. And so the university takes care of the grounds and, and all that stuff. So inside, I was amazed to see in the kitchen there was a little uh there was a little box on the wall. And there was a window, and it was metal. I was like, what is this? This circular window. It was dark on the inside. And I was like, what? There's buttons on the side of this box. What? What? You didn't start playing and break something, did you? No. Okay. I definitely asked questions. <laughs> so it turns out it's a waiter. Uh, it's an elevator. Mm-hmm. And it's called a dumb waiter. Mm-hmm. And so this elevator takes the food from one floor to the next. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it goes inside the walls, and once it arrives, I don't know if it dings or something so you know that it's there, you can just open the doors and just collect the food and then send it back down. Now, the cool thing about dumbwaiters, and I feel like they're going to have a major comeback, is, uh, especially with tall and skinnies these days, wouldn't it be nice to drive in to the garage put your groceries on the dumbwaiter, have that lift mm-hmm. up to the kitchen, and then lift up to the to the rooftop mm-hmm. too. I have been in a house that you put the groceries on the dumbwaiter, and it goes right to the kitchen. There you go. Yep. And it was it was nice. New construction. No, this was um this was um in South Carolina mm-hmm. at St. John's Island. Mm. And it was uh, really a beautiful home, and the uh, owners had just gotten home with groceries when I when I arrived, and that's how. But it was nice not having to help carry groceries up the steps. Yeah, yeah, I bet. But it wasn't a new home, but it was a very expensive home. Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Harrison Ford rode in the dumbwaiter uh, <laughs> on Air Force One. No, he didn't. How did he get down there? I forget. Someone. There was a dumbwaiter on Air Force One in the movie Air Force One. Cannot believe you didn't watch <laughs> the movie to prepare for this podcast, Wyatt. <laughs> How dare you give us wrong information? I know, right? Everybody watch the movie and correct Big why it all Also, up. the theme song on that is so money. It is so money. Real estate investors looking for a quick close and no appraisals? Reach out to Mike Brady at PropertyRecycle.com. They are a large private equity firm 
with that personal touch. Property Recycle offers an easy online application, no appraisal requirements, and can close within five days. Ditch your slow, expensive lender and get the money you need today. Call Mike Brady at 615-806-7500. Again, that is 615-806-7500. Or visit propertyrecycle.com. So, another cool thing, uh, when we lived in Carbondale, uh, which is southern Illinois, uh, we had a whole house fan. You know what that is? Have an idea? Of course you do. So anyway, <laughs> it's exactly how it sounds. Only it's not like like the fans that you see at ballparks or warehouses where it's like you know those, those big ass fans. Oh yeah, like the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Not that. Not that. <laughs> so this is a fan that sits about in the center of the house, uh, maybe one of the hallways, like in between the living room, dining, and the uh, bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And there's a little switch on the wall and you turn it on and it's got these slats, right? That maybe like 10 of them that flip up as soon as the fan is on mm -hmm. and it starts sucking air from the inside of the house out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what you also want to do is open up windows to bring that air inside the house and then out through the roof. Uh, and it's really cool. Like I would say if it was a hot summer and I just got back from football practice or something, then I... <laughs> Instead of waiting for the air conditioner or turning it on because nobody else was home until I got there, then I would just turn on the fan. I would open a bunch of windows and then turn on the whole house fan and stand in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. oh, it was like a chiller. It was fantastic. <laughs> All this air just rushing into the house. You know, you need like bug screens and stuff. Otherwise, you'll collect things. Right. But it was very cool. Very cool. Uh, and so on a like a good shady day, I mean that that's all you need really. It's a whole house fan. So we saved a lot on air conditioning uh, during the summer, and then um, sometimes uh, during the winter if the house was cold overnight, but it was warmer outside than the interior of the house, mm -hmm. then it was worth opening up for a little bit. Yeah, just getting fresh air, especially if I burnt something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cooking problems. Um, yeah. All those burnt mills is the reason you can cook now. I'm there sure. we go. <laughs> it started somewhere. It really did. Yeah. Uh, and, and knowing more about it now, I think ours might not have been in great alignment because it was super loud. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because knowing your mom, I'm surprised that if it was making a loud noise or she wasn't like in there trying to figure it out and fix it. <laughs> She's so handy. You're right. You're right. That's funny. Uh, a friend of mine used to have a whole house vacuum system. Yes, I've heard of those. Mm -hmm. We didn't have one growing didn't up. Didn't have one of those growing no, up. No, it would have been would have been nice to have one of those growing up. But instead, we had those really big vacuums. Um, what's the ones that they sell? The uh, it's not Rainbow. It's like Hoover. no, it's the the old school. They sell them door to door. Oh, oh god, I know what you're talking about. Dang it. Um, anyway, they would hurt. Your back. It is like a full-on workout trying to carry those up. I lived in a three-story house growing up, and that, 
and carrying those up flights of steps. Kirby Company. Kirby. We had one of like those kind of ac- Electrolux. Oh, it was Electrolux. Oh snap! Yeah, same those as were Kirby. Heavy. Yeah, oh, that gosh. motor is solid down there near the yeah. floor. <laughs> but I mean, we had it for like years, mm-hmm. like probably thirty years. That vacuum lasted. Wow. It is. It heck. It might still be running. I don't know. I think the first one I picked up was when we were visiting your friends out in South Carolina. Mm. Yeah. Just in their yeah. garage. Yeah. yeah. Those are those are the real deal. They. But being living in a in a three story home, like. Whew, the whole mm-hmm. house back would have been nice. Wow, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 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 idea being is that you've got the vacuum cleaner system, the 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 vacuum portion of it where the motor is running is in the garage. Mm-hmm. And so when you access it, and they they'll have like a twenty foot cord or something that cord, but tube, mm-hmm. right? And you just walk the tube around the house with the extensions, mm-hmm. and the you plug them into the wall. You plug the tube into the wall and then you do that room. Well, because the motor is so far away, you don't hear it. So it's a much quieter vacuuming experience. Mm. Also, because the motor is in the garage and the air is pumped outside, you don't have to worry so much about the right filter and whether that filter is actually attached appropriately. If it's not actually removing the contaminants from the air. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Which I, I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah. So it makes you wonder why some of this stuff went away, huh? Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah. I feel like either either it stopped being built or it became more expensive or it just never got to the average house. Mm-hmm. You know? Because things do that. They just, yeah, they don't quite catch on because people go, oh, well, I can do this or I'm okay with lifting my my vacuum up each stair. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> yeah right okay start at the top work your way down <laughs> then it would start just falling down on his own that is not how you do it either <laughs> you just hope your arms are gonna look good yeah from all the lifting for those that are brand new to television which sounds super weird but maybe you're brand new to digital television and you just don't remember what it was like to have three to five channels on your TV. I remember. My dad refused to get cable. (laughs) (laughs) And so growing up, we only had like the local channels. We Mm -hmm. had antennas like the rabbit ears. Yeah, rabbit ears. And then the big one on the roof. There you go. And finally, my brother, who's 10 years younger, came along. And after me and my middle brother had moved out of the home. So my youngest brother was, you know, probably pre-teen, teen. He got cable mm-hmm. throughout the whole house for, for that one, for that <laughs> child. Uh. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even have cable as we speak, so it's fine. <laughs> right? Well, I guess things don't change, huh? <laughs> I can be cheap like like my dad was about it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so back in the day, the best way to get the kind of channels that 
you know, more channels was to have an antenna on the outside of your house, mm-hmm. not just the rabbit ears, rabbit ears on the set, mm-hmm. which the rabbit ears on the set were, were pretty decent. And, you know, you, you have to move them around. You always send the youngest kid in the room to go play with it. <laughs> yes. Can you just, okay, stop. Don't move. Don't move. <laughs> and then okay. they move their hand off of it and it goes back to being, oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Just stay there. It's cool. We'll bring you some Cheetos. So, I guess you were the youngest one in the room that always had to do that. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm so old now. It's wonderful. I don't have to be that kid anymore. <laughs> Now I know why you insist on having cable. I do. I'm not going to go up there again. I'm not. I'm not. It's personal now. I'm not. So you, uh, those who wanted great reception and didn't want to deal with the rabbit ears would you know, build an antenna on the back of their house. And in the same house that had the whole house fan, we had an antenna stick that was built on the edge of the house. So it was into the concrete at the base. And it looked kind of like... Not like a cellular tower, but kind of, <laughs> yes. kind of big, yeah. And <laughs> it would go. Uh, it went probably two stories up, maybe three. And my house is a one-story house. So it was probably you know like a thirty-foot stick, <laughs> basically what you call it. And attached to it would be what looked like uh, a Christmas tree, but it was just um, poles coming out on the sides that mm-hmm. were shaped in a triangle shape, and that got the VHF, and then there was another antenna for UHF, ultra high frequency. So the, yeah, here's a little, uh, here's a little knowledge for you. Okay, <laughs> you ready for this? All right, so VHF, very high frequency, was your stations from two through 10, two through eight, mm-hmm. let's say two through eight. So that's why most stations, news stations are uh, news two, news three, News four, maybe you get six or eight. Eight was PBS for our state, our town, but nobody had a station above that. Now, so that's ABC, NBC, CBS, and then you have PBS, and they're normally under 10. After that, you get UHF channels, and that's where your foxes are. That's where mm. your UPN, when that was back a thing. I don't know if UPN is it. They changed UPN to... Uh, uh, to that network that had all the superheroes. It was green in color. Man, I forget. It was like the Flash TV show of the last, uh, whatever, 10 years. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. It was on that show. Uh, vampire stuff. It's like kids stuff, basically. I don't know. People love that stuff. Maybe not kids stuff, but you get the point. So <laughs> those were on the channels of, you know, 10 through 35, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason those were up... The reason those were up there, those are less expensive channels. They mm. don't go as far, right? And they don't take as much energy to get there either. Oh. So, so those were less desirable channels too. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we switched out into cellular band for a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like for fire departments and police and all that stuff, the government actually bought back those stations from the local broadcasters and said we're going to give you something else in a different frequency band for high definition and for digital very and benefit, interesting yeah, right and the benefit is that the signal quality is so much better now instead of one channel five you get a 5.1 5.2 5.3 did you learn all this in your 
TV radio degree. I did. I did. <laughs> and it made me value the the tower, the stick that was on the back of my house. Mm-hmm. Even though at the time I just climbed on it. And <laughs> it was an easy <laughs> way to get to the safe. roof and look at the stars. <laughs> it was quite safe. It was quite safe. Yeah, but I never le- needed a ladder at my house. I just climbed up on the roof. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So when we decided to do this podcast, why it was like, so tell me something strange and about a place you've lived. And I was like, I've only lived in one house. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, it wasn't strange. Mm-hmm. Like, it was built in 1980. Like, it wasn't anything weird about it. And then I got to thinking, we had a laundry chute. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. So, it was a three-story home. And on the top story, uh, it was a three-bedroom, two-full bath. And that was where my, you know, my room and my brother's rooms were. And in the bathroom that was detached from the rooms, it was, there was a little little door mm-hmm. behind the, the, beside the toilet, behind the, the, the door to go into the room. And you open it up as you're getting ready to take a shower and you just throw your clothes down the chute <laughs> and it would go right into the laundry room. Wow. Was and there it, a hamper down there to collect them and everything? So there was a door mm-hmm. on the other end as well. Oh. So it would stay shut. <laughs> and then when you're ready to do clothes, you just open the open door. The, door the clothes come out. You separate and you throw them in. It was great. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Like, I don't know why we don't do those anymore. Yeah. So, I think that was started around the turn of the century, um, twenty going into the 20th century. Okay. And it was something that started off of, like, more industrial shoots and mm. kind of came into to be in a laundry chute. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was like my favorite thing. So yeah, your personal experience with it. Go ahead. Oh continue. yeah, yeah. So you know, kids do things that you probably shouldn't do sometimes. <laughs> you should see her face right now. <laughs> and I was never that kid. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> so I had a friend over one day. I was young, like I wouldn't even begin to guess, but I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't begin to guess, but I was I was young, and uh, we had decided that maybe we should go down the laundry chute because it's like a slide, right? Mm-hmm. But it's I mean it's pretty straight. straight down <laughs> it's like slide. a fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you would have to be small to like fit in sure. the. I mean, it was about the size of that milk door, milk. Milkman door, it sounds like. (laughs) So, so we decided she should go first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or somehow. Oh, right. Yeah, so she took the fall first. I get it. Go ahead. So, yeah, she went down, and I went down, I ran downstairs. Oh, yeah, to let her out. out. Yeah. Because the door was locked. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went and let her out, and she. Apparently there was like a little piece of metal sticking out maybe on the inside and it, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. Um, and it, it scraped her like pinky toe. 
Oh. And she was bleeding. Yeah. So, yeah, I never... <laughs> I never went down the laundry chute personally. <laughs> You're like, you know, that was a bad idea. <laughs> like, if it causes injury, we shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't do it. Gosh, I'm glad we didn't go down that laundry chute. Oh, that's yeah. pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. I recommend all new builders put laundry sheets in. They're they're awesome. Yeah, because the kids don't need toes. But I guess, <laughs> but I guess now. <laughs> Actually, that's why. That is exactly why they got rid of laundry sheets. <laughs> but I guess now that right. <laughs> That they actually put the laundry rooms on the second floor, the mm. living floor, which we we had two living floors because there was a bedroom and a bath on that floor with the laundry room. Oh, okay. But now, I guess to not have to put in a really cool laundry chute, they just put they just the laundry have room you buy an extra set of washer <laughs> and dryer, or they just put the laundry room upstairs. Man, I'm thinking it's two <laughs> things. I'm thinking it's safety that they got rid of those things for children, and then I'm also thinking that the washer and laundry industry was like, "Hey, we can sell them twice as many units if we don't have a laundry chute." <laughs> Took away a cool feature, you yep. know. Making that money though. <laughs> Making that money though. Yeah, very cool. Wow. I mean, it took a while. Like this was the '80s, you know. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was all, It was okay to do a lot of different things as a kid than you can do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I just remembered a buddy, a coworker of mine out in Los Angeles. Yeah. W- uh, did a movie called Sorority Row mm-hmm. that had Carrie Fisher starring in it. Mm-hmm. It was a horror film, uh, and <laughs> he got killed in. The laundry chute. Really? Yes. Well, maybe that's why they got rid of laundry chutes. People <laughs> were hiding bodies and drugs and all kinds of things in them. I just wanted it to be a slide. Uh, yeah, a slide. This, the place set outside clearly was not enough. <laughs> Whoa. Well, gosh, you guys, thank you so much. This has been so fun sharing cool house, um, uh, what, uh, just nifty things about houses yeah if you have anything nifty or cool about a house that you've lived in or one that you currently live in let us know about it send a picture or tell us a story we want to know about it and maybe we'll share your story on the next episode yeah or a home you flipped or invested in in some way yes that works too it does work yeah we want to hear your cool house stories definitely hashtag show us your milkman door (laughs) (laughs) hashtag show us your milkman door okay perfect Mm, no do we not like that one (laughs) oh my goodness hashtag cool house features oh that makes more sense that's very safe good for you jennifer so (laughs) we'll catch you guys on the next episode thanks for joining us on this one see you next time Production of Corkscrews and Contracts. Podcast copyright 2019.